Hey everybody, welcome to the Chamber Channel's Five Questions podcast. This is the place where we take a deep dive with industry leaders for an inside look at their world and how they can make a difference in yours. Oysters are a way of life here in the Low Country. Not only are they a staple in our local cuisine, but they help shore up our ecosystem. Dr. Jean Fru is the executive director of the Outside Foundation. She's here to tell us how they're taking the oyster shells from restaurants and rebuilding our local reefs. Let's listen. Let's get to the basics. What is the Outside Foundation's oyster recycling program? How does it work and really how was it started? Sure. And again, thanks for for welcoming me here today to talk about the foundation. The Outside Foundation itself was started about eight years ago. Um, We're a local 501c3. Uh, and our mission is to get kids outside and to preserve and protect our local environment. And so uh, about five years ago, uh, Patagonia, that uh, big company uh, that uh, does a lot of uh, obviously clothing and gear and great stuff for the outdoor industry, also really kind of has a uh, a very environmentally focused um, sort of side. And uh, they offered up um, some grant opportunities to grassroots level nonprofits. Uh, and uh, there was a basically a nonprofit, 1% for the planet, um, that they were a member of, a founding member of. And we, they decided to go ahead with 100% for the planet. Oh, wow. So I believe it was in Black Friday of 2017, they dedicated uh, sales for 24 hours worldwide, digital, online, in-store, wherever you bought Patagonia. 100% of that profit was going to go back to nonprofits that were grassroots at their level. There's five of us in the state of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, there's thousands of us worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were fortunate enough to write uh, a grant for that. And the grant that I wrote for that was was uh, called a Community-Based Oyster Shell Recycling and Bed Restoration Project. Mm-hmm. And it was directed at uh, first um, basically addressing our statewide shortage of recycled oyster shell, which is a tremendously valuable natural resource that can be reused in our local waterways, a great ecological benefit. But it also was to be able to engage community in what would be a uh, long-term sustainability project, was one of the criteria of the grant. Uh, and then lastly, to hopefully um, to educate. Uh, about the value of uh, a readily available and abundant supply of recycled shell that goes to our local landfill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so where do you get a lot of these shells? Where do they come from? Because I know oysters are in great abundance <laughs> here. They, they sure are. Uh, it's really remarkable. Um, well, when we wrote the grant, we were fortunate enough to um, have a local recycler, I2 Recycle, who, who had um, basically kind of linked up with uh, Sea Pines Resort and was working with them on a number of their sustainability issues. And Sea Pines Resort was already capturing their shell and had been for many years, and they were hauling it all the way out to Sawmill, all the way off island. But they were insistent upon not throwing that in the, in the trash. And, mm-hmm. and so what we uh, did was approach them with the idea that, well, if we can get some restaurants on board, um, how about uh, a recycle route that would include Sea Pines Resort? And mm-hmm. uh, originally we had 15 seafood restaurants uh, that signed on to it. And we, the driver would have this route one morning a week. Uh, and so we would uh, bring that shell to a, a newly constructed um, shell enclosure at Coastal Discovery Museum. And that would allow a period of quarantine. Um, and then from there, we can bag and work with the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. It's actually their program. We're their community connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we work with them to, to build um, Oyster Reef. 
So then after the shells go to, I know the um, the spot where a lot of the recycled shells are deposited is at the Coastal Discovery Museum. Mm-hmm. And we've seen all your great pictures on social media. Um, you mobilize so many volunteers. Tell us about that. What what do the volunteers do once they go in the bags? What happened to them? Well, yeah, and even before that, you know, what's the point of putting an oyster shell back? And what, what does it do? Well, um, we have what's called a larval-rich substrate-limited um, marine sort of environment out there, which means that we have an overload of baby oysters. So as the summer approaches and oysters are spawning, we have so many baby oysters out there, but not enough hard or substrate, particularly other oyster shell substrate for them to attach to. Mm -hmm. So we have this wealth of the next generation of sustainable oyster crop, but we don't have enough for them to attach to. And it's critical to provide that substrate. And so these oysters won't be for harvesting that we're actually in this project working with, but they provide some really, really critical ecological roles. And those roles are, uh, first of all, they, they stabilize our shoreline. So they're going to slow down erosion. They, they act as a breakwater for high energy waves. Uh, they're going to provide a habitat for over 120 species. Oysters are referred to as, you know, kind of environmental engineers because the, the type of bed that they create is extraordinarily uh, absorbent. And I like it to a, a Thomas's English muffin where you have all these nooks and crannies. Um, and so there's lots of nooks and crannies where, um, you know, they can hang out in and hide or, or essentially um, uh, feed on, on smaller, um, the things that are hiding, <laughs> essentially. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, um, the oysters are powerful filter feeders. Mm-hmm. And as those oysters grow to reach three, three inches, uh, that, that particular oyster is going to filter two and a half gallons of water um, you know, in an, in an hour, which is remarkable. We have billions of them out oh, there. Wow. So we invite our volunteers to come in uh, and per- to participate in bagging. Mm-hmm. Um, when we are building these reefs with the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, mm-hmm. we, we really kind of want to stabilize. We want these shells to stay in place. We want, um, you know, to be able to absorb high energy. And because we live on a barrier island, um, the bagging of oysters and the using of them as building blocks is by far the most effective way for us to protect our coastline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we actually bag. And so that procedure is is super easy. Um, it's kind of done in, in sort of a, you know, uh, kind of an assembly line where we have mm-hmm. people cutting and tying off the mesh bags. Uh, we have an, an actual saw, a saw, saw horse out there. So that's the length of the bag. That's super easy. Mm-hmm. So if you can't do any lifting, you have you you cutting those and tying off an end and counting. And then we have people, you know, maybe the a little bit more kind of physically involved, shoveling into buckets. And then from buckets, um, uh, they go into a PVC tube where we've taken that mesh bag and just like a sock, we go over the top, flip it over, pour the shell in, pull the pull the PVC tube out and bang it down and tie it up. And in any one session, we can do a couple hundred bags. We can do over 400 bags. And it uh, takes about 400 bags. Uh, wow. There's about 100 shells in a bag. It takes about 400 to build a reef. So I've, um, you know, I've recently been out at... Um, on Broad Creek at low yeah, tide, and I've seen yeah. some of those bags out there. Um, where else are they besides, you know, Broad Creek? Where else are they locally? Yeah, so there's three builds in, in Broad Creek, and we'll be adding again in May uh, mm-hmm. to those builds. Um, we also have um, two builds off of the Page Islands, which um, are privately held islands. 
um, an area of, of great erosion off of the intracoastal mm -hmm. waterway just on the western edge of uh, Defusky Island. Um, Monday, Tuesday of this week, uh, we laid down over 800 bags or, or actually over 700 bags of recycled shell, all captured from restaurants here on the island and, and Oyster Festival. We laid down those um, 380, 360. We laid down um, 740 bags, adding to an initial 250 bags right off of the edge of Palmetto Bluff Resort. And so right on the May River um, uh, is an area where there's a turn. Mm -hmm. uh, you have um, you know million-dollar homes sitting up there. There, mm -hmm. And you have an area of shoreline, which is, is just literally being just worn and worn and worn. Uh, the original 250 bags went down two years ago as part of a, uh, a young man who was working on an Eagle Scout project. And he had worked through kind of the whole capturing of them and, and coordinating things. But when we walked out there to lay down the first 380 bags to see the difference in the height mm -hmm. of the bank behind those bags two years in, to see the marsh grass creeping out to see the remarkable amount of baby oysters and new oysters that were growing on these bags. If you lay down 100 bags in one year, you'll get 10,000 larval oysters to attach. And that's just within, you know, thinking about you're having several um, kind of larval phases throughout the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, and so by providing uh, lots and lots of substrate, we're catching all of those larval oysters who might sink into the pluff mud, maybe they'll get eaten, mm -hmm. um, or they'll simply just die off before they have a chance to attach. Um, so really sustaining, and again, for, entirely for ecological benefit. Um, so, so you know, in the you know, five years that you've been laying down bags and, mm -hmm. you know, starting this program, about how many, how many pounds or tons of oysters have gone back into our local ecosystem? Oh, it's really remarkable. Um, we estimate it's it's you know I too fortunately weighs all of our stuff before they uh, mm -hmm. dump it in the truck and so we have these thirty five gallon roll carts so it goes from your plate in the restaurant to a to a to a paint bucket you know a, you mm -hmm. know a, a five gallon uh, bucket in the kitchen and from the kitchen to the roll cart Tuesday morning that truck comes around and and as they pick up that shell they weigh it they count it like Poseidon seven you know seven roll carts a week usually I mean fish casual seafood they're they're filling up you know three carts a week you know, lots and lots of shell so. Um, in our first year, we got 20, 22 tons. Uh, we're at about, even with the with COVID, we're at about 10, 100, 100 tons right now. Uh, the first year in, in 20, I believe it was 2017, 2018, uh, we approached the Hilton Head Oyster Festival and, and, we, and we said, hey, you know, could we just switch out the cans? Uh, could we just, you know, use this garbage here? Can we just capture that shell and maybe put the trash on the ends? And, and so we had a, a, a really super nice guy that was a independent trash contractor. And he said, sure. And we brought down a big trailer uh, to put the shell in. And that year, over those two days at that oyster festival, we captured 5.2 tons of shell, every bit of which, every bit of which would have gone to the landfill. So it is remarkable. I mean, if you laid it out, it's a couple of football fields. And so we're diverting this natural resource from being just wasted uh, at our landfill, filling up our landfill. We can't afford that. And then, you know, we're just, we're, we're, we're not only using this locally and helping our island, but we're engaging um, all ages. Yeah. And I think that that's really exciting. 
That's that's a really remarkable number. Uh, all the it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of shells. <laughs> it's a lot of shells. You know, you talked about you know some of the volunteers and engaging you know the entire community. How can you know local businesses and people get involved in this project? Sure. You know, we're grassroots, so uh, we're all about volunteers. We we wouldn't have accomplished anywhere near what we've accomplished in any of our programs without volunteers. So we have a website www.outsidefoundation.org. We're also on Instagram and Facebook because they're free, uh, and we're pretty small. Uh, and so we would uh, invite you to, you know, to to click on our our web page. We have a calendar of our events. Uh, there's a phone number on there that you can call if you have questions. My email is on there. It's Jean J E A N at outsidefoundation.org. So you can reach out to me. Um, sure, we, we invite volunteers to, to come out, to join in. You don't have to have experience. It's easy to, to catch on. Um, we have all different types of things other than oyster recycling. We also do uh, a lot of um, litter sweeps with, with, with local groups and things. So uh, that's a lot of community engagement. Uh, we can do cleanups um, when, when uh, groups come on the island. Uh, maybe they're, they're visiting the island. You know, we're hosting a, a mission group of, of, of young men and women uh, in a couple of weeks for a cleanup. So we do those types of things as well. But we're very volunteer friendly. We're very volunteer dependent. Um, and that's really the essence of who we are. And we are 100% community based. We're all about making Beaufort County sustainable, more beautiful, and bringing that next generation up to really love the salt marsh, to want to protect it. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the future of the Outside Foundation? Where do you what do you see yourself doing in the next few years? <laughs> much much of the same. We we will not add more programs. I think that it has been our goal to to make sure that we're increasing our community reach. Uh, our signature program is called Kids in Kayaks. And what that involves is working with our local middle schools to make sure every single seventh grader with their teacher gets to spend an entire school day outside at a marina, kayaking, learning about the salt marsh in the salt marsh. And we've got, got just about all of Bluffton this past fall. We've got just about all of Hilton Head signed up this spring, but our reach needs to be bigger. We need to make sure that we're getting both private and public school students every seventh grader. And that includes North of the Broad. And so there are a lot of logistics when you're a really tiny nonprofit to moving equipment and getting volunteers. And, it, and Kids and Kayaks is just, it, it's really at the mercy of getting dock space and a good location, a safe location, uh, and making sure that you have volunteers that make it happen. And so Audubon, Low Country Master Naturalist, Beaufort Conservation District, these are all groups that come in to help us. And we have to mobilize them, and we have to rely on people who are just happen to be free and willing to help with seventh graders on that particular day. So we'll get over a thousand kids out on the water this year. We won't stop till we get them all out. So that's first and foremost for us. Uh, and we want to enhance um, and make sure that all of our sustainability programs are accessible to groups. Um, and hopefully people will take that initiative to, to think about not only about participating, but ways in which we can change the way we do things on the island so that litter doesn't become such a problem on our beaches. Um, instead of just always cleaning it up, how can, we, how can we limit that? What are the ways we can work with our town and work with other organizations to make sure that uh, maybe we stop that problem before it happens, educating people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, turtle trackers are a great example of, of education first and really trying to help 
by helping people understand, you know, how those turtles come onto our beach and why it's so important to fill in your holes and mm -hmm. such. So I see much of that for our future. So you mentioned kayaking. Mm -hmm. um, what is your, or where is your favorite secret spot? Where's the best spot to kayak? Oh my goodness, yeah, anywhere in the salt marsh. I just have a, a natural love. You know, this is my 17th year of, of kayaking for outside Hilton Head as a uh, professional guide. And I absolutely love the Broad Creek. Um, you know, that I just going out there and exploring, I've never been bored. Um, there's just always something changing, uh, out there, um, something to share with customers. Um, I like to think that I change the way that they see the salt marsh. So I love the Brock Creek. If I'm just out for a stroll, uh, or if I'm just kind of out fish hall, uh, Mitchellville historic mm -hmm. park, um, it's transforming for me to go down there. I lose track of time, uh, because I, I can just, I can just wander all day and, and look for stuff and, and just enjoy the uh, just remarkable views. Um, so Fish Hall is one of my, my favorite areas on the island. Oh, great, Jean. Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about, you know, the Outside Foundation and what they're doing and helping our, our local waterways. You're very welcome. Thanks, everyone, for listening. The podcast continues to grow and never miss an episode of our Five Questions podcast by subscribing to the Chamber Channel on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a moment to download, subscribe, and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people.